Hey guys! Hi! Do we have to be assholes? Somebody bit somebody. Someone's open mouth caught Papa's arm. Mm -hmm. I'm same not same thing, make you laugh, make you cry, guys. News fit to be brewed. I'm Travis Mattingly. And I'm Andrew Jennings. And this week, we're bringing you Blue Jacket Brewing out of Washington, D.C. The District of Columbia. Our nation's capital. Yes, for and now. The Washington Nationals. For now. It'll be our capital for a little bit. Yes, that's right. No promises for long term. <laughs> uh, now, Travis, what was your first time with Blue Jacket? Oh, Andrew, it was probably your first time. How dare you, sir? Yeah. How dare you? We do not do we had our seconds first on the show. We had our first times together. <laughs> yes, we do that occasionally. Yes. <laughs> so, first time with Blue Jacket was like you in 2018 when we went to Washington, D.C. on a French trip. Mm -hmm. In a weekend in which the, I wanted to say subway, but it's partially above ground, the metro. The metro. Was not functioning next to the... Uh, <laughs> we had a great spot in Alexandria right next to a metro station. That, that yellow, station that line was out all weekend <laughs> due to maintenance. I said, you know what? I haven't heard a train run by here all morning. Oh crap! Oh no! Looks like we're our ten minute ride into DC is now a thirty minute ride into Virginia, including a bus. It was a or into it DC. Was a, almost an hour to get into DC. Yeah, we had to stand there, take a shuttle bus to somewhere near a Costco to the inside, next side. Well, to, to the, the next, next station, and then <laughs> then we had to get on the line that wasn't the direct line, but like the roundabout line. Yeah. And connect in, and I think we had to hop off another time. Well, it depended on where we were going once yeah. we got, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was we, it, was ridiculous, yeah, it was stupid. But, anyways, yeah. we went to DC in 2018 and we went out to the Naval Yards and tried Blue Jacket Brewing, and all of a sudden they appeared in our market this past week. So, so as you may have, if folks may have picked up from our off color episode, when a beer, a brewery appears in our market that we've been to, we will absolutely get it. Yes, <laughs> this one was a. Uh, I mean, it feels, it's a bit fresher than the off color. Yeah, it's a bit fresher by about a year. Also, did, uh, Adam sent us a text today. Apparently, he's found fresh off color. So Yes, that's <laughs> the best way. And best they way. didn't advertise it. Yeah. It's weird. I'm going to hit them up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take all their off color. i to do that. But uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Andrew, your first time with Blue Jacket? Uh, or did I cover it? I think you covered it. I have been back once, but it was so crowded. Um, we didn't uh, grab anything. We, we just didn't get it. I think we... May have gotten a pint. Walked in and walked out. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was just one of the things that was so crowded. We we just didn't bother too much. Was it their Nationals game or was it just? It, it was New Year's Eve. Like, it oh, was well, just that crowded. explains it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, New but, Year's Eve in D.C., I can imagine pretty much everywhere is packed to the gills. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Mm -hmm. Pretty bad. Uh, so well, with that being said, Andrew. I think we should just dive just straight into the history of Blue Jacket. That's right. Blue Jacket opened in 2014 as a brewery without boundaries. I have no idea what that means. That is their tagline. That is their uh, thing. They are a brewery without it's boundaries. It's like Doctors Without Borders. Sure. They're a brewery or, without boundaries. Or like, uh, what was... Uh, There's no line they won't cross. <laughs> I was thinking... Socially, politically. Of, of Aziz Ansari's like, uh, no cleft behind thing uh, from the league. Yeah. Where... <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's a deep cut <laughs> following of a show. Um, so the names are after enlisted Navy members, a.k.a. Blue Jackets. I did not know that. I didn't either. It makes perfect sense, though, because they're located in the Naval, the Naval Yard. Yard of Washington, D.C. Yeah. 
Um, so their focus originally was on a breadth of beers, not a specific style. So we've talked about other breweries that brew one style. I mean, Forgotten Roads, for example, they have you know, IPAs things. and sours. Yeah, like their their pri- their primary focus is IPAs and sours. Yep. Um, what Wicked Weed is what sours and. Uh, it's like Belgian sours. And yeah, Belgians, sours. Like you normally a brewery typically has at least like Commonwealth IPAs and Belgian style beers. You know, typically a brewery has at least one or two styles that they make their claim to fame. Like this is the styles that we specialize in. However, Blue Jack just said, we're just going to spray across the board and do it all. Now they have since specialized a little bit. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. Um, so it's part of the neighborhood restaurant group. So it actually joined, it was founded out of that group. Oh, so it wasn't just a brewer with a dream. No, it was A guy who'd been homebrewing for years and years and years and finally decided to open his brewery or it is somebody who quit their, you know, 250K a year tech job to follow their lifelong passion of homebrewing. No, it's literally the first brewery I've ever found that wasn't started by a brewer. Just a collective of people that like, hey, you know, it would probably help us here as a restaurant group in this neighborhood if we had a brewery. Well, actually, it opened to be a new brew pub as part of the uh, neighborhood restaurant group. Uh, so instead of a master brewer, so they didn't go get someone to be the head brewer to run it, they got the beer director, Greg Ingert. Mr. Ingert? Yes, Senor Ingert. Ah. Herr Andrew, Greg. do we have any history on Greg Ingert? We can talk about Greg a bit. Oh, just a little? Yeah, so Greg began in the beer industry at Brick Cellar in Washington, D.C. Skeller. Brick Ske- oh, Brick Skeller, you're right. I don't know if that's your typo or if that's actually No, that's is. that's correct. That would be Brick Skeller's German, but um, oh. yeah, in Washington, D.C. He became the beer director for NRG in 2006, so that's for the Neighborhood Restaurant Group. Um, he was actually nominated for a James Beard Foundation. I cannot type, apparently. I was going to say, a James Bears Foundation. James Bears. <laughs> like, I've heard of a James Beard, but the James Bears Foundation sounds terrifying. Yeah. He was nominated for the James Beard Foundation's Outstanding Wine and Spirits Professional uh, in around... The James Beard Award's a big deal. Yeah, it is. Have you ever been to a James Beard Award-winning restaurant? Maybe once. I just wanted to like mention that because I have been, and I just wanted to like <clears throat> flout that for no. a little bit. Have you ever been to a Michelin-starred restaurant? I have not, but I have driven on Michelin tires. Ah, yes, obviously. Because <laughs> the French. Like <laughs> yes. It's funny how it's Michelin tires, but it's Michelin stars. <laughs> yes. So he was nominated for the James Beard Award. And then in 2010, he was named one of Food and Wine Sommeliers of the Year, even though he was a beer guy. Yeah. I can't find any evidence that he's actually a sommelier. Sommelier? So he just knows his stuff. Apparently. But um, he was nominated. He was the first beer it's person. Let's <laughs> give this man an award. <laughs> Actually, that's not what anybody in the American Court of Somalia sounds like. No. No. Probably more like uh, when I have my non-regional accent, perhaps. Yeah. My weatherman or news anchor. Non-regional yes. dictation. Where's the Mid-Atlantic? No one lives there. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So he was named the uh, Food and Wine Psalm of the Year. As a beer person in 2010. In 2010, he also won the Star Chef's Rising Star Award. Also another first for a beer professional. So, so he's got some hardware. Greg knows his stuff, too. He's got some uh, He's got some uh, stuff behind his name to back up the claims that he knows what he's doing. Yeah, he, he is a beer director, but he knows how to direct Don't come beer. for Greg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Greg, Greg's got you. He'll school you. <laughs> and that was 10 years ago. Like, be like, can you can imagine? I direct you to my James Beard Award? Or my Somali of the Year Award? Oh, you're a Somali? No, no, but they gave it to me anyways. <laughs> oh, God. that good. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> Showed up and they were like, this guy's got to get an award. Uh, 
He's telling you the Provence of all the hops. <laughs> yeah. uh, this malt, yes, you, you got this from an Edmonton, uh, Edmonton-based maltery. Ooh la la. Mm. So back to the history of Blue Jacket. Enough about Greg. Maybe. Well, Greg's, Greg, Greg pops in and out of the story. Uh, Greg, yeah. Greg is woven integrally in this tale. So with Greg's history, it's no shock that they focused on a breadth of beer styles, not just one specific beer type or style. The goal is that every palate and every plate has a beer that they can enjoy. So with his knowledge, he's doing beers to suit palates, but he's also focusing on food pairings with the beer, which I think is something that's starting to get more play over the past few years, where people just traditionally think of wine pairings, but now a lot of people are focusing on the Cicerone, the whole Cicerone thing and everything. People are starting to focus more on food that you can pair with beer or like beers to have with food, just like wine. You're starting to treat beer more like wine. Yes. Uh, in terms of the pricing, too. But yes, that, point. too. Yeah, Good we're, gosh. Not, we're not talking about that. Blue Jacket <clears throat> is a big brew pub. And when they first opened, though, their food was not really good, according to Tom Setsema? Seatsema? Seatsema. Seatsema. Um, yes. Shortly after opening, Washington Post, WAPO, as Andrew said. Got it. <laughs> I was going to say the WAPO food critic. WAPO. <laughs> WAPO. <laughs> Washington Post food critic. Tom Sietsema panned the food, but gave the beer of head brewer at the time, Megan Parisi, very high remarks. So this was the only time uh, in all the, my research I did for these guys, this was the only time I got a head brewer actively named. Ah. I've got brewers named, but I've never gotten a head So brewer. Greg is the puppet master, he's essentially. The and he's director. He's got people coming in brewing the beer that he wants to make. They hire brewers and they do stuff, but... I mean, it's essentially, so what I'm, the way that I imagine that going down is Greg has this overall arching idea and theme. I want this beer or this style. I have a brewer. I don't care how you make it, but this is what I want the end result to be. I need you to get me from A to B. And I generally don't know if Greg doesn't brew as well. The truth is like that. I can't, and it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. I, I He's going to be named the Great American Beer Festival's head brewer of the year or something like that. Yeah. like <laughs> I, I, I cannot find any evidence. He's nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize next. Yeah. Who knows? This guy, he's, he's all over the place. Um, but... This is uh, in contrast MacArthur to... MacArthur Grant. Yeah. Well, think of like Heist Brewing, how we said like their beer saved their restaurant. Their food saved their beer. Seriously, the food saved their beer. In this case, the beer saved the restaurant. That's right. So Greg knows his stuff. They have since changed head chefs, but mm-hmm. <laughs> twice actually. The first guy, second guy. We don't talk about those guys. Yeah. Since the article I read, they have changed head chefs at least twice. <clears throat> gotcha. And see, we can't speak to that because when we were there, I don't think we, we didn't ate any food. food. Yeah, we just it, drank food. And if food. we did, it was just bar food. It was like, you know, prep. I, I honestly don't think I ate anything. I think we had dinner oh, yeah. reservations. Was that the night we went to the farmer in the fort or whatever it was? Uh, Fishers, Farmers, and Bakers? Or yes. Or Founding Farm? Yeah. It might have been. It might have been. Yeah, so I think we were just there for beer. I don't think we had any food whatsoever. It was fairly busy when we were there, though, because yeah. we were barely able to sneak into the tasting room side. And I think we were standing in a, but we just got like, you know, flights and a handful of beers. So the beer wasn't the only thing, though, to keep them in business. Let's talk location. Location? Well, Andrew, they're located in the historic Navy Yard District of Washington, D.C. Oh, <gasps> now where is that, Trav? It's less than a 10 minute walk from the Washington Natinals Park. Oh, would you? And s- I say the Natinals because there was that time that they had the gaffe where they forgot to put the O. <laughs> In the Washington Nationals' name on their uniforms. Oh, good lord! The entire team walked out with Nationals, and one of the announcers goes, "Hold on, <laughs> did they misspell Nationals on their uniforms?" And it was the Washington Nationals, <laughs> and they said, "You know that went through about six layers of people looking at it and going, 
Looks right. It's good. Good. It's good. Me. Put it on. Send it. All of the players. Put them on a shirt. Put my uniform on. Anything wrong with that uniform? No, I don't think so. Looks good to me. Sounds good. But yep. So this is a area of. It's up and coming. It is. It's been heavily gentrified because I talked to somebody, a guy I know who's actually originally from Maryland, mm-hmm. and he's gone to D.C. a lot over the course of his life. And I told him when we came back from D.C., I said, yeah, we went to the Naval Yard. And he looked at me funny. He was like, you did what? And I was like, yeah, the Naval Yard. He said, that place used to be a dump. He said, like, the Naval Yard used to be a very sketchy part of town after dark. Mm, I could see that. Yeah. And now when we were walking around, I believe there was a circus trapeze. Yeah, there's a trapeze place. You there's a trapeze to- school. <laughs> <laughs> there, It was like, you know, we were seeing signs for, like, you know, coming soon a million square feet of class A office space and like nothing but young professionals like, you know, boutique stores mm-hmm. and restaurants and everything all around really upscale high end apartments way out of my price range. Oh, yeah. yeah way out of my pay grade. Yeah. So um, if you have to ask, you can't afford can't it. Can't afford it. Uh, yeah. So like Travis said, they're 10 minutes away from Nationals Park. Uh, in 2017, they actually set in motion an expansion to go from uh, 2,200 barrels that they were currently brewing at their... <laughs> On facility, on site they can brew up to four grand, four thousand barrels a year. That's a lot. So they're actually looking to expand beyond that. So they're well, the looking, new offsite location. So the offsite location is to get beyond four thousand barrels. Now the brewery in the Navy Yard is awesome. We've been there. It was it's in a building that was built in nineteen eighteen as a boilermaker slash metal workshop for the Navy. When we say Navy Yard, it is a it was a naval yard at one point. Yep, and it now has a two hundred seat restaurant slash pub. It is. 12,000 square feet with 5,600 of that 5,600 of that being allocated to brewing space. Yep. Now, as far as enjoying your beer there, there are three different temperature zones to make sure your beer is perfect. I don't understand that. So each of the parts of the building have different temperature zones so that when you're enjoying your beer, and I don't know if they serve different beers at different locations within the building to help prevent like people from like drinking the stout in the warm room or the cold room. I don't know. That's... That's above and beyond. Yeah, we didn't get it. Everyone talks about they have three different temperature zones, but I didn't notice, but whatever. Well, I only went into one part of the... I've been into two, and it was about the same. Yeah. but So they have two different barrel rooms with space for 60-plus barrels. Is that each? Uh, Toter. Total. Yes. Ah, gotcha. That's what I said. Toter. Toter. Yep, so they keep 20 peers on tap, as Andrew said, plus five cast scales. Uh, They have a total state of capacity is... 5,000 barrels, but the real capacity is 4,000. And they have 19 fermentation vessels, including a cool ship. Cool ship! A cool ship, cool which ship. has become the hot newness. Oh, it is the hot newness. Um, but yeah, that's a lot for a brewery that opened in 2014. Yeah. Holy man. Um, so they're trying to expand right now. That's why we have it now. It's because they, they've been, they're going into a period of time where they're trying to expand as a regional brewery. Um, so to help with this expansion, they added a canning line and a second location for brewing, and they got Ro Gunzel. Um, oh, yes. Formerly of Great Divide Brewing from Colorado. Ah, so if you've ever had a Yeti. Yeti, yeah. This guy knows his way around a Yeti. Now, he was hired as the director of brewing operations. So yet hmm. again, not a head brewer. <laughs> no, but he's overseeing the brewer, so I guess it's like Greg's at the 30,000-foot view, and Greg's at more like the 5,000-foot view. Maybe. I don't know. 10,000. Generally don't know at this point. Um, now, his job is really to focus on dis- distribution, as I wrote. Uh, <laughs> distribution. Uh, and to facilitate growth into new markets. Ah, 
which is why maybe we're seeing Blue Jacket now in Greensboro for the first time ever. And they they did add a canning line at their new location. Yes, um, and the new facility will focus on flagship beers like their Lost Weekend, which we'll be having later, and Forbidden Planet, freeing up the Navy Yard location for more experimental brews. And truthfully, this is a good idea because of the cool ship, because of all the sours they do there. They absolutely need to get their their clean beers out of that facility. Yeah. Um, so currently, they only they, their brewing staff is interesting. So they have Greg Ingert as their beer director. They have Roe Gazelle as their director of brewing operations. And then they have three brewers, Colin Jordan, Aaron Adams, and Robert Charles. Yes. Yes. None of which are the head brewer. Just brewers. They're all they're all head brewers in my heart. Co head brewers. Yep. Yes. So Andrew, what do they brew? Because we said they don't stay to a specific type. They brew they brew it all. Yeah. Now they brew it all, but Greg has opinions, and he believes that there is more artistry to making sour beer. Ah, yes. Uh, Art. It, it, hence the why they have sixty plus barrels and a cool ship. Yes. Why else do you have a cool ship if you don't like sour beers? True. I mean, like, what's a cool ship? I don't know, but it sounds cool. Put it on there. Yeah. So, Inger, in response to the concept of the cool ship and wild ales in general, was uh, they're alluring, mysterious, and complex. You're at the mercy of your elements. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. And to the point where we said they don't focus on a single style, in 2017, they brewed 70 different beers. That's a lot of beers. It is. It is a lot. That's more than one a week. Yeah. And now... This is why I get nervous. I'm glad they have a second facility now for their clean beers is their cool ship is actually located in their main facility. It's in its own sealed off room on the second floor of the brewery and they will treat it like a true cool ship. When they fill it with beer, they open the windows and let that wild yeast from DC, that good DC funk. That in. Washington insider yeast. Oh, <sighs> mm. just smells like partisanship. Current cans availability for carry out and delivery as of September, 2020. Uh, they have Going Underground, Double IPA, Lost Weekend, which is their, I think we've said one of their flagship beers flagship, in IPA yeah. with Citra, Pattern Skies, which we'll be having tonight, Turning Road, a Mosaic IPA, The Palace at 4 a.m., Coffee Sweet Stout for the company, Hellas Lager. They both melt Dunkel Lager, which we'll be having tonight, Radio Cure, Dry Hot Pilsner, Forbidden Planet, Dry Hot Blondale with Galaxy, Turnstills is an IPA with Amarillo Centennial and Citra, Love Cats Pilsner. Full Fathom 5, Double IPA with Galaxy and Citrus, Speed of Life Double Fruited Sour Ale with Cherries and Vanilla, which we'll be having tonight, People Power IPA with Galaxy, and Vic Secret. So that's all we that's all they have right now. Um, of course, COVID times makes it difficult to have your full complement of beers. Yes. But but we have a full complement of beers. We have a full complement of beers. We have six. We have a six-pack, and we need to get to it. That's right. That's enough talking about it. Let's, Let's drink get about drinking it. So the first beer on our tasting is going to be the Pattern Skies. This is a Bavarian-style Viet beer or Weiss beer. Uh, alcohol is 5.6% by volume, and I'm going to switch over to my tab that has this information. Uh, it's Their notes are, our Bavarian-style Weiss beer shows a wonderful balance of banana, clove, bubblegum, and toasted wheat with effervescent and malt sweetness giving way to a refreshing finish. Classically step-mashed, open-fermented, unfiltered, and naturally carbonated. So do they not give IBUs on that one? They didn't give IBUs on anything. Okay. I was going to say, I was kind of looking ahead and I was like, ah, I don't see any IBUs on yeah. any of these. Yeah. And the only information that you get on the cans is the name, style, alcohol, 
and then they give you a picture of the glass and the temperature at which to serve it. Yep, and I will say their website doesn't even give you that the, that much. They give you the <clears throat> the alcohol, the name, style, and like a little blurb, but they don't even give you the glassware. I will say the can art though on all of these is pretty awesome. Yeah, and I think as we previously talked about, it feels a lot like Commonwealth. A little bit. Yeah. In a way, most yeah, of yeah, them, yeah. a lot of them. It's a little less um, uh, like new age. Like Commonwealth feels more like um, modern art. This seems more like traditional because like the patterns, guys, that's more like a photo. Like, yeah, but if you look closely on that background, there's like... Tessellations. I was going to say geodesic some things, but I... Yeah, sure. Sure. I don't know. You, <laughs> you, you sounded very confident in tessellations. So, yep, I'm going to say banana clove, clove, even though I am fairly congested. I can still smell that. Probably better than me. And yep, there's that little bit of bubblegum note. It's not as much as I want to say. I recently even had a beer from Little Brother, and that one was very predominantly bubblegum. So that's probably mostly due to the Belgian yeast that they're using. Now, for this, they say it's a Bavarian Hefe. So this one had almost no head to speak of. And when mm-hmm. they say naturally carbonated, that kind of tells you that it's not going to have a ton of carbonation on it, period. And this one is pretty flat there's just a handful of little bubbles coming up but yeah. not much to speak of my uh one of my homebrew guys was telling me about with colches you get what it's like perceived bitterness it's called a carbonic mm-hmm. bite on the back end yeah i don't get that this at all like there's no bitterness on that but like you can perceive like a carbonic bite which is just the co2 coming out and it feels like bitterness on the back of your throat yeah so there is not not bitter in that sense, but there is like a, I actually was going to say that there is a bit of bitterness on the finish for me that feels more aspirin-y, mm-hmm. like in line with like a Pilsner or something like that. And I don't know if that's not. That's probably due to, uh, honestly, probably the step mashing. Yeah. And I was going to say, I don't know if that's necessarily correct for the style. It is it's, not. I yeah. don't, I, if you gave me this as a heifer, for a competition, I'd say, yeah, this smells like a heifer, but that's about it. That's where it loses everything else. Yeah, the so the banana and the clove are on the palate a little bit, the bubblegum, the toasted wheat note that they talk about. I do get a little bit of toastiness more on the palate. Again, that could be due to my no, right now a, currently busted sniffer. A little, and I'm not little toasty, it. a lot more bubblegum than I was expecting, which is yet again from the yeast strain. Yeah, and, I'm, and I've got to say, like that's the only detractor for me from these styles of beer is... I'm not a huge fan of that bubblegum mm-hmm. note, as we discovered when we did Bubble Farm from Clown Cheese. Yeah. Yeah. But that was like drinking Hubba Bubba. Mm-hmm. That actually, though, that was pretty good, though. I like that. And that, let's see, Weiss beer is Bavarian-style wheat beer. So, yeah. So not quite a heifer, but it's a heifer. For those of you paying attention at home. Yeah, I was going to say, it's really it, not. It's a heifer. It's, it's a heifer lesson. <clears throat> yeah. So they just... Can you call any Weiss beer a Hefeweizen? Let me check. Or is the, every Hefeweizen a Weiss beer? Let me check the official BJCP guidelines and not my Libby app, because apparently that is not... They're right next to each other. Ah. <laughs> All right. Gotcha. So we are looking for Weiss beer. Hi, Bugs. Pot Pot Bugs wants in on this tasting. All right. Or he wants beer. a selfie. Because um, it feels like Weiss beer would be like a more blanket term. Nope. 10A. Vice beer. Um, that's the same with if you had a a, a, um, a half of ice and you put it into of this category. I will say bubblegum is uh, uh, is one of the positive notes. Optionally, a very light to moderate vanilla character and or fate bubble bubblegum notes can accentuate the banana flavor. 
Mm, mm-hmm. Banana bubblegum. But you should have more banana and clove in general. That Those should be your predominant flavors. Yeah. Of course, it says low to moderately strong banana and clove flavor because BJC guidelines. <laughs> low to moderate, but they should be the dominant notes. Yes. Low to, mo- L- low to moderately strong. Low to moderately strong is relative. <laughs> right. yep. Well, that brings us to our next beer this evening. Tweet, 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 yeah, tweet. Which is the Goldfinch. This is a Belgian Blondale clocking in at 5.2% ABV. A bone dry Belgian Blondale brewed with crystal, Styrian, Salia, Salia, uh-huh. and Pacifica, mm-hmm. then dry hopped with Styrian, Celia, Styrian, Celia, yeah, yep. and Pacifica. Lemon candy, melon, and spice join floral and grassy hop driven notes in the nose. Sorry, lemon candy, melon, and spice. That's a separate sentence. Pacific, so they they brew it with crystal, uh, styrian, and pacifica, and they dry hop it with styrian and pacifica. Ah, yes. The flavors should be lemon candy, melon, and spice. Oh, yeah. No, that's what I was thinking when okay, I read it. Okay, okay. Because yeah. there, there is a lemon drop hop. Oh, yeah. No, I didn't yeah, think yeah. it was lemon okay. drop hop. Yeah. This is, if lemon drop hop was in there, it probably wouldn't be a very Belgian-y no. cold ale. I mean, well, pacifica is a New Zealand hop, so good yeah, figure. Yeah, true. Yeah, there you go. We're going off off script here. Now, when we poured this, the heads dissipated, but it was a pretty rocky, fairly thick head mm-hmm. on this thing. And this thing is like crystal clear. Yeah. Oh, but, and that is light and pale. But my Belgian pale is this pale. Uh, something tells me it probably won't be, Andrew. Uh, I made a pale ale. This is a blonde ale. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. The Pacifica is extremely strong because I made a Pacifica IPA and it smells just like that. Yeah, I'm going to say I get mostly lemony stuff. I don't get spice. Maybe leans more savory, like something a little maybe like marjoram or bay leafy. I'm not sure. I get a touch of the grass in there. Yeah, I think that like lemon candy-ish and lemon grass. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I don't get melon. Melon's so much. never really like a strong aroma to me. At least maybe I've never had good melons. So. No, I know because I don't eat melon typically ever. Let's see. Not tasting. It is, it is bone dry. I'll give them that. It, it is yep. bone dry. I will say the lemon character comes in a little more on the palate. Spice-wise, everything's about the same as it smells pretty much. Uh, I don't know. Melon, maybe. I get some cantaloupe in there. I was going to say, I'd, it for me, it'd have to be either like cantaloupe or... Watermelon. Or like honeydew, maybe. I'm not sure. I definitely don't get watermelon, but I definitely, I'm not I very feel, good at melons. I don't eat honeydew ever, and I rarely eat cantaloupe, but I'm getting a little cantaloupe in there. Yeah, and I mean, like, I can, I can see that. Yeah, that lemon note is probably the most mm-hmm. dominant flavor in that. So, and it's almost more like a lemon zest and like pith. Yeah. Well, lemon candy, I would say maybe like candied lemon peel mm-hmm. more than like a not thinking like a lemon flavored candy, more like a candied lemon peel where you get some of that bitterness off of the pith of the fruit or the citrus. That's actually no, it's pretty. I mean, gold, goldfinch, it is golden. I'll yeah, give them that. Uh, yeah, so I was looking up the, the appearance on this thing, it's supposed to be. So it's really light for so it's on the lighter edge, but it's light to deep gold color, generally very clear. That is, I wonder, the Pacifica hop might be. Is the Pacifica going to be the lemony one? The Pacifica is the overpowering one. I get it's it's 
any new world hop, and that includes Australian hops, are stronger than their old world counterpart, hands down. Yep. Like, no questions asked. The Pacifica takes this thing over, and that's where the lemon's coming from. Yeah, that's pretty... It's pretty aggressively lemon. Yeah. I mean, I could drink this. If it was warmer, I would like this better, I think. We have fall, everyone. Yeah, I know. The the weather finally turned, and it's been, like, in the 40s at night and 70 during the day. I know. So we just missed it with this... uh, (laughs) <laughs> with this blonde ale the Hefeweizen still seems appropriate the Hefeweizen you can drink Hefe anytime yeah before we jump into our next beer uh, I would want to talk about the, the Goldfinch's um, can art it is a, a delightful Goldfinch really a Goldfinch just a, on a giant Goldfinch with I mean, a slightly uh, leafy background yeah like a pale blue Goldfinch male... it honestly looks like some kind of really expensive fancy wallpaper yeah or, or like, print like something we would have here yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. But I mean, for yeah, it's larger than life male goldfinch. It's very pretty. But um, is that one of Darwin's finches? Nine. Nine. <laughs> no. No, no. Darwin. Darwin didn't have the goldfinches. But that does bring us to. I don't they, see how that's a segue. <laughs> Darwin. To Darwin to global they, warming. They both <laughs> melt. <laughs> yes, Darwin. Just like the goldfinches, Darwin and glaciers, they both melt. <laughs> yes. I don't. Darwin didn't melt, did he? He probably did when he got to Galapagos because it was so hot. And he's used to that. uh, Because he's British. Yeah. (laughs) That overcast British slash Seattle weather. (laughs) Hey, right now, both cities are dealing with smoke from the same fires. There you go. Yep. Except one's probably a lot worse than the other. Oh, significantly. One has just always got a smog anyways. (laughs) Yes. Yes, they do. All right, so their next beer we're doing is They Both Melt. This is a Dunkel Lager, 5.6% ABV. This dark lager is crisp and refreshing with a toasty, nutty malt richness punctuated by herbal German hop notes. Spalter Select. That's right. Not just Spalter. Spalter Select. Subtly nuanced and balanced, They Both Melt has been traditionally lagered for six weeks and is naturally carbonated. So this is our second naturally carbonated beer tonight. Yes, and this is the second They Both Melt I've had in as many days because I drank one last night. (gasps) Because I couldn't... I was trying to save the rest of my uh, Juan Stefaner uh, Oktoberfest in the fridge. <laughs> I was like, I've only got like six of these left. I'm going to break into the blue jackets. Yeah. I've got extras. Now, so this one, the can is a little bit more abstract. It, you've got a it's lot It's a little of, more back in that commonwealth. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. what it is, it looks like it's an ice cave. Yeah. I mean, that. Yeah. yeah. Ice it, tones. <laughs> it's White blue just looks like somebody shot down an ice cave and then overexposed different areas of it and took away the highlights and stuff. And it's even got, it's like the other one, it's got some stuff in the darker sections of the... Yeah, it looks more like, um, ooh, I got really loud. It it looks more, like when I'm looking at it, it looks sort of like the striations you'd find in an ice, um, on ice. Mm -hmm. So this one, pretty dark brown. So dunkel means dark for those of you not, Ah. uh, not up in your German. Ah, a dark lager. Yes. And like the pattern skies, no carbonation to speak up, no head. Just poured it and no head. That's interesting. It's got a fairly muted nose because I tried it and I thought that last night when I smelled it that I don't really pull a lot off of the nose. I mean, there is some toastiness and nuttiness, but not really anything else speaking to me. And I think that's probably... It smells like a Hellas, like than anything. Like if I had to, if you gave this to me... And I couldn't see the color of it. I'd probably say this is like a Hellas or some sort of just like basic German lager. It smells lighter than it looks for sure. Oh, Lord, yes. But it's also very muted on the hop in, which is 
in line with, as you were just talking about, the old world hops versus new world hops, like yeah. this, the Spalter Select. Spalter Select. Mm-hmm. Mm, so nice. When regular Spalter won't, just won't do. Spalter Select. When you need more Spalter in your life. <laughs> For that special lady in your life. It is more toasty and nutty on the uh, in the palate. Uh, it's sort of like, honestly, it's like an underhopped brown ale. Yeah, kind of. And undercarbonated like, because it is <clears throat> naturally carbonated. Yeah, because like getting this and the Pattern Skies feels like... Almost like if you've ever had beer off of like an old beer engine. If yeah, you've been like over that sort of, yeah. yeah, like just a regular cascale or something like gravity fed cascales or old style beer engines. It just kind of it's Are you like asking if I've ever had beer off an old style beer engine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now it's I mean it's just like it's what it's German, but that also when I think beer engine like cask style ales, I also think more like British PSB mild. Yeah, and that's yeah. what this reminds me more of is more of like just a undercarbonated mild or like ESB. It's either honestly, it's more like a bitter, like an ESB, mm-hmm. because it's not got. It's more bitter than a mild ever should be. Oh yeah, but I would not have said this is a lager. I would have said it's a cask ale of some sort. But I will say that this is a very easy drinker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it goes down, down. I mean, 5.6%. We started at 5.6 with the Weiss beer, 5.2 with this. I mean, like this, I drank that one last night and I sat there and thought like, this is really smooth, really easy. It'd be very easy to down a uh, four pack of that. Oh, yeah. Like, no problem. That or the Weiss beer, if you can get over the, you know, the bubble Bubble gum. gum. It is a lot of bubble gum. Yeah. Well, I just I could I don't think I could drink a four pack of Hefas. Well, good, we can bring it to this weekend. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, I will. <laughs> As we go to the mountains. Yeah, actually, we'll have a four pack because I have one, <laughs> <clears throat> and I'm bringing what I have. Oh yeah yeah yeah, Hacha! Mm-hmm. That's right. And with that being said, let's crank it up a notch. Boop boop. And speaking of the weekend, let's take it to the lost weekend. Oh no, it's like every weekend in the Corona. Yeah, a lost weekend. Speaking of lost weekends, that's the name of this next beer. Uh, Are we? We're still. <laughs> <laughs> segway. No. <clears throat> this is the world's longest segue. It is. <laughs> we refuse to segue. So the segue. next beer for us is Lost Weekend. This is an IPA with Citra Hops. It comes in at 7% ABV. This is a double dry hopped IPA with Citra for huge tangerine, citrus, and peach aromas. Bright and juicy on the palate. This has a, let's see, this one says, I don't think we've set them for any of them, but this one says to serve at 48 degrees, Andrew. Uh, we should have had the Dunkel Lager also at 48. Ah. Yes. I'm looking at. The others are uh, all of them are forty eight except no. no uh, Pattern skies is forty two and the Finch is forty eight. Ah, what's uh? They both melt. Forty eight. Did you say oh, okay? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. everything except the pattern skies is forty eight degrees. Yep. Isn't that convenient? It is quite, <laughs> quite, quite, quite right. And actually, and what's I don't think any can? of these are forty eight degrees. How's that? Can so look? lost weekends can art kind of it's like this. Um, Oh, it looks like like, like 50s uh, swimwear or something like that. It looks like 50s swimwear. She's got like a 50s bob hairdo, like shoulder length bob hairdo. It looks like they're sitting on a beach with like a... There's a man with her, I think. There is a man. It's a man and a woman with like a big... The white blob in the back, I'm assuming, is supposed to be the sun, but it's like all very just like fat lines. There's no facial features or like any distinguishing pictures. It's like very big chunky line black, just human black, figure outlines yeah, yeah black, blue, and white. this one's a probably the most different out of any of the can art mm-hmm. and I, like I think it. yeah i mean i like it i their can art's interesting to me because there's not it seems to be like in the theme of like three different veins depending on the beer and there's no 
rhyme or reason to which ones get those. There may be. Uh, that may have something to do with the fact that they have three different zones. <clears throat> ah, gotcha. With the brew pub, so that's possible. Ah, so it okay. is possible. There you go. Yeah. Well, Andrew, <laughs> what does this one think? Um, or what do you think of this one? It is hazy. This one doesn't think anything. It's a beer. It's a hazy boy. It is. It's a little hazy. It's our golden color. That's a lot of orange. Woo! <laughs> Now, it is double dried hop with citra for huge tangerine citrus and peach aromas. I will say I get a lot of peach. Yeah, actually, yeah. I got a lot more peach on that than I thought. It's like peach rings. Like peach yeah, ring yeah, candies. Yeah, like yeah, candies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually very pleasant because I looked on Untapped and I have had zero of these beers when we went to Blue Jacket. I had six oh, beers at Blue Jacket. Did I check anything in? Uh, let's see. Blue Jacket was 2018, so you're going to have to scroll, you know, not too terribly far back. Since <laughs> you never check anything like, in. Uh, <laughs> I was just going to search, but yeah. Yeah, I got on my tab last night and kind of looked at these, and I was like, wow, I haven't had any of the beers we're having, because I think we stayed at Blue Jacket for just a little bit, and, you know, like, what, a couple of hours probably? I didn't we... check anything in that day. No kidding. <laughs> shock, shock. <laughs> surprise, surprise. We're all shocked right there. Uh, God, that smells good. Ooh, that smells good. Yeah, how did I not check anything in? I'm a terrible person. I've had carny blood before. Cool. I know. Okay, so that tastes like melted down peach rings. It's one has the mouthfeel of it, too. Yeah. It's it's got a a thicker mouthfeel than I was expecting. Like a little gummy candy? Like Mm -hmm. melted gummy candy? Yeah, it's not like, it's not puckery like your jowls puckered, but you do have like, it's not bitter per se, but you do have like a a saliva filling situation at the back. No, honestly, I thought the goldfinch and the heffa, the pattern skies were both more bitter than this. Well, the pattern skies in particular was probably more that carboxy look back bite. Yeah. Yeah. But this, I mean, this is a very smooth IPA. There's no hot bite in this whatsoever. Mm -hmm. There's no perceived bitterness. It kind of, there's no, I know we've talked about it before. There's no front, middle, and back. There's like, you drink it, it's the peach rings, and it slowly just fades away. Yeah. Now, this is one of their flagship beers. You know, I feel like I remember that, but I feel like. The can art for it was different when we were at the brewery. I don't think I'm they were canning sh- when we were there. They had cans for sale. Oh, they had when a few. We were there, you're right, you're right. But right, I yeah. don't know that the can art was different. But for some reason, I feel like I remember seeing that name yep. when we were there. Well, hmm. I already finished my taster. Sorry. Citraquinjal. That's what this is. That They're very similar. Uh, they're very similar. Beers. It's similar, but this is more peachy. I like this one better. No offense to Citraquinjal. It's the same hop, but it goes to show you what you, the different aromas and flavors you can get out of the same ingredient. Yeah. So this is an IPA with citra as opposed to an all citra IPA. Yes. I don't know. This one may just be. It doesn't say. It doesn't say. I'd be interested to know if they used a different they thing. Probably, if this was a single yeah. single hop IPA and it tastes this different as compared to citra quenchal, that would be really impressive. That'd be quite a, quite a feat. We have orange juice. <clears throat> we have Trop 50 and cranberry juice next to each other. True that. We have mixtures for cocktails. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. So our last two beers, uh, we're, uh, we'll start with the, the Dippa because reasons. But I'm just looking at it. Travis and I just poured them. And one is literally orange juice orange juice like a trop 50 it's completely opaque can't see through it and the other one is straight cranberry juice you can see through it ish it's got a little bit of technically it's cherry juice technically it's cherry juice (laughs) oh my god all right so first beer open window double ipa eight percent abv it's a dipa brewed and triple dry hopped not just double but triple dry hopped that's right with citrus pph you got the 
TDH. Sorry. <laughs> D- uh, <laughs> DDR. DIPA TDH. Yeah, TDH. With Citra and Mosaic, juicy tropical fruit and tangerine notes dominate this delicious brew. Yep. I'm expecting something like other half with this. It kind of is. I had it last night. This is the other one that I had last night. So it's a softer mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. Even though Lost Weekend wasn't biting, this is still somehow softer. It's a little fluffier. Good lord, you're right. It, it just it it's a coater. It coats the inside of the mouth. Mm-hmm. And it smells like citrus. It's more that tangerine note from citra than the peach that you had on the Lost Weekend, even though it's the same hop. And I think I noted in my check-in last night there is is that little bit of like cheesy chivey note from See, the mosaic. Now that you said that mosaic cheese, I taste it every time I have a mosaic beer. I do too like, now. God, Travis. Ever since somebody <laughs> put that in my head by listening to another beer podcast, I was like, now every time I have my like, I didn't even read what this one was hopped with, but I smelled it and I was like, damn it, I bet there's mosaic in this. <laughs> like I made a point not to look at it. Oh. And while Travis tasting this sip, I'll say the can art is this time. It's a photo of a Boston Terrier with his head out a car window as he's going down. Uh, looks like the highway somewhere out west. Yeah. So open window. And he's got his little pupper eyes closed. Oh, he's so cute. He's taking in the sun and the wind. You know who would do that? Ellie. You know who wouldn't yeah. do that? Bugs. Yep. So this one is more in line with the Goldfinch can mm-hmm. art as far as that goes. Because it's more of like a portrait or like a More print. natural. Yeah. Like, yeah, more photo, photo realistic. But yeah, that is a very soft mouthfeel. Very, I'd almost say sweet and cloying, but not quite. It, it's, it, not, it's not as sweet as like an other half, but it is more in that vein. Yeah, it does definitely have a perceived sweetness. Mm-hmm. But it is, I think it lacks the, I want to say, like, I feel like other half uses a lot of oats. And oat is where you tend to get a lot of that fluffy feel, I think. But this is... Not quite that level, but it's getting there. Like for me, other half, I always look at think of other half as being like juice. Like mm-hmm. I expect it to be juicy. This is still distinctly a beer, but it is more juice like. And there is just a little bit of that booze heat. Mm-hmm. Like at eight percent, it feels a little bit bigger than eight percent because you get a little bit of that booze note that just like hangs around for a little bit. Speaking of booze note, we gotta add booze to your brew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once we finish this episode, we're bottling my stout that we talked about a few episodes ago. Yeah, which I've already gotten requests to make another for other friends. They're like, uh, can you, "Too bad, it's a one-off." Can you can you take a bottle of that for me? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that takes us to our last beer, and we're moving, Andrew, at the speed of life. Oh God, I don't. <laughs> I can't tell if I want life to go faster or slower this year. I want it to speed up in one sense, and I want it to. Stay the same or slow down in another sense? Yeah, I mean, I just realized it's, it's September 22nd. I don't know where the last six months went. The Rona. I mean, Lockdown. I, I functionally know where they all went in the past. Mm-hmm. But like at the same time, like, should... That should, depends. Is your like, concept of time cyclical or linear? Personally, I think it's more <laughs> of a timey-wimey... It's like a wobbly, timey-wimey ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, so this is the speed of life. <laughs> oh, I hit you with that Doctor Who... <laughs> Oh, say I didn't get that reference. Yeah, you're not here for that, Doctor Who. <laughs> no, um, I hit you with a Parks and Rec, and you didn't get it. I never get Parks and Rec. I'm oh, so sorry. It. And it's Sam Elliott reference from Parks and Rec. It doesn't mean anything to me. No. You know who Sam Elliott? I is. I do know who Sam okay, Elliott. Good. He's got one of the most fantastic mustaches. That's if right. I could have gotten him as a podcast host, no offense, you're out. Mm-hmm. 
I would think you would be able to hear his duster over the microphone. <laughs> he brings his own um, uh, pop shield. Yes, specifically for his his mustache has its own pop shield. <laughs> so this is the speed of life. This is a double fruited sour ale with cherries and vanilla. This is six percent ABV. This double fruited sour ale is brewed with vanilla and milk sugar, then bombarded. Andrew bombarded. That's a two dollar word. <gasps> With a colossal, another $2 word, amount of cherries. Layers and layers of fruit and creamy vanilla unfold on the palate with just the right amount of bright tartness in the finish. So, looking at it. Have you had this yet? No. Okay, I haven't either. Yeah, this was, the the only ones I've had Ah! were last night were the open window and the, uh, they both melt. Okay. Someone overfilled my glass with a little swirl, a little swirly. Oop. There it is. The cherries? Nope. Our old friend. Damn it. Cough syrup? You know what I smell? I got Robitussin. Straight buttered popcorn. Oh, I got nothing. I got, I got. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Oh, that's my acetal. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I've never smelled it before in a beer. I have. Thank you for mentioning it because I, I noticed something was off, but all right. Yep. That is, I think, honestly, I've had a few beers like kettle sours and other sours that I I don't know what it is, but I feel like I might honestly be sensitive to diacetyl because I get it a lot. Yeah, that happens. Uh, there's some people... It's you miss your temperatures and fermentation, right? No. Wait, yes and no. Um, God, dang, I can't even smell cherries. All I smell is buttered pop, like a bag of buttered popcorn, well, like microwave buttered popcorn. Cutting through it, I smell... Cause I can, I can't smell cherries. Like all I, I smell is buttered popcorn. I don't get the cherries. Honestly, I'm not getting much besides that butter. You said you got Robitussin. So when I tasted like, it. When I tasted it. Oh, so it's got that, like, it's got a slightly medicinal lean. Yeah. I think the vanilla is giving me that medicinal flavor. Um, Ooh. Diamond tap, maybe. So it does have a, Slight medicinal lean. That's not the biggest one I've ever had. Um, There's a lot of cherries. The vanilla, it reminds me of... I mean, you put the diacetyl in there with it, and it's like a cherry cobbler with vanilla ice cream. I know why this happened. Why this has butter popcorn. Why is that? So normally, in a normal beer, um, in a non-sour beer, you would let the beer rest for about a week. Um, so diacetyl rest. Diacetyl rest, exactly. Um, when you're doing that, it's so the diacetyl will get reabsorbed by the yeast as they're they're cleaning up your beer. Mm-hmm. That second week, they're really doing nothing. You may lose, you may get an extra tenth to two tenths of percent of alcohol that last week. Uh, but what you are doing is you're clearing, cleaning up your beer. Blue Jacket does an absolute crap ton of sours, and they do open fermentation sours. Diacetyl is a byproduct of uh, pediococcus. Is it? Sorry, I'm looking at Stone's website because they're really good about this. But there, it is a uh, byproduct of lactobacillus and pediococcus. This beer is probably a kettle sour, so it's definitely got lacto in it. Well, it's got lactose. Yeah, because they said milk sugar. Well, you can you add milk sugar to create a mouthfeel. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you don't add you add lactobacillus though at the beginning. That's what your when you do kettle sours. Lactobacillus is your 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 main boy. But they also do a ton of uh, wild ales in this in the same facility. So I would not be shocked if the Pediococcus is not supposed to be here. So it's either they didn't give it a diastole rest, so they didn't give it enough time, 
or they reintroduced lacto or PDO <clears throat> on accident. So it's does that count as infection? It would count as infection. It would. So yeah, I think like I said, honestly, I because I've I've been to another brewery, and I won't name them, where I've had a handful of sours. Is it a Norse god? No. No. <laughs> it took that took me a second, but no, I know what you're saying. No. Is um, it local to Greensboro? Yes. If I were to <clears throat> slap a pig or <laughs> sorry, slap a swine, would I be yeah. in the right <laughs> right ballpark? In the neighborhood, yes, but I won't name them. Um but it's swine slapping. I've had a couple of beers from them that I have smelled it. Like mm-hmm. I grab it and I smell it and it's honestly been like a it's been like a Berliner Weiss or a different or like another sour. And I honestly feel like I am very sensitive to it because I've handed it to Courtney and asked her to smell it. And then I've asked her if she smell after she doesn't come back and say like, oh, yeah, buttered popcorn. Mm-hmm. Ask her if she gets it and she smells it. And she's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. I'm like, OK, well, maybe I'm just super sensitive to it. But this one I got on the nose completely. I don't get it in the mouth or in the taste, but I absolutely I as yeah, someone the, who the never taste. gets diacetyl. <sighs> It's really strong here. Yeah, so that it kind of stays in the mouthfeel a little bit for me, like buttery cracker mm-hmm. type thing. But like I said, if you mix it all together, cherry, butter, and that slight vanilla note, it tastes like cherry cobbler with melted vanilla ice cream on it. Oh, I got more like a coffee, like a cough syrup sort of situation. I mean, yeah, that one, so it's fine in the mouthfeel. I don't know that I could drink a whole pint of that by myself. Because that diacetyl Good thing we're just, sharing it. Yeah. And we're going to give some to Law, maybe. Not that one. She won't drink that one. Burn it, Law. The can art on this is really nice. More it's in the Commonwealth vein. More Commonwealth. It's like very uh, Art Deco. Um, it looks like pinks. linens, maybe? Or like some kind of sheets or feathers or something? I was going to say like fibers. Like yeah. Different colored fibers. So. Mm-hmm. And it goes from light to dark. So it's pretty pretty cool. I, like the, I do like their can art in general, though. Yeah. I mean, they're doing a pretty good... And their brewery was, their brew pub was pretty cool when we went. I think we stayed in the left-hand side on that. Yeah, we went into the main, I've been in the main area, the Arsenal area, but Mm -hmm. yeah, I've been in, yeah, it's, we stayed in their small little like off, off tasting room portion that I think you could order food through there, but I think it was just, it was not part of the restaurant area. No, yeah, it was more tasting room. Yeah. All right. So that brings us to the end, Trav. Thoughts on Blue Jacket? Thoughts. I was excited to do it because it's the first time I've seen it since we went to D.C. And I haven't had it since we went to D.C. two years ago, mm-hmm. which was also my first time in D.C. <laughs> um, I thought that like the brewery is located in a really cool area. I love the spot. Right next to the baseball stadium. Like a up-and-coming gentrified-like area with like... When we were walking around, it was like just a bunch of young professionals' office space and like We blended in well. Yes, we did. Being white. We blended in very well, Andrew. Well, I had my hipster beard, probably my Chaco's on. You probably definitely had your tacos on. And you're like, ah, our people. Yes, hello. Hello, <laughs> hello fellow children. <laughs> I've, I've liked, I think, the majority of the beer I've had from them. This Speed of Life was the first sour I think I've had from them. But it was, you know, honestly, for me, it was a miss because of the diacetyl. Mm-hmm. I think... Uh, See, Andrew, now that you've said that, I can't enjoy the diacetyl. I can't enjoy <laughs> it as much. But. You're welcome. I've ruined Mosaic and now <laughs> uh, this beer for you. Uh, Andrew, your thoughts on them, and then maybe give us uh, a beer of the night or yeah. Um, I like Blue Jacket. Uh, I was telling Laura earlier today, like, there's some breweries when I do the research for it for our, our episodes, 
I learn about them and I'm like, ah, whatever, it's just a brewery, screw it. This is one when I did the research for it, I found myself really wanting to go back like and wishing that Blue Jacket was in Greensboro because the more I learn about it, the more I'm like, oh, this is a really cool idea and I love what they've done. So with the whole, <clears throat> you know, being a, you know, a beer space where people can explore and try new things and that they're constantly rotating all their beers except for like one or two, but they keep 20 on tap. Like just the coolness of what they're doing and trying to make it an experience makes me really wish that we had something that big and that size in Greensboro. Um, same with off color. The more I learned about off color, the more I'm like, oh man, I wish we had an off color around us. <laughs> I think <laughs> and, the closest to off color you're going to get is probably Big Dan maybe. <laughs> Just, no, like just because he had he doesn't always have an IPA, but like yeah, but no Dan always keeps an IPA. He keeps eleven eleven IPA just in case. Yeah, but he also does like more traditional old school beer styles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that not a lot of people would do. Yeah, but like that's the thing. Like we don't have like off color and blue jacket. Not just because you know we just did them, but like they're the more I learn about them, the more I wish we were closer to them because I'd love to see how they're rotating and changing things regularly. So all in all, yeah, I love Blue Jacket, love the space. It's great. We'd absolutely go if we lived in DC. My beer of the night, though, maybe because I'm on like a kick. Honestly, that open window was pretty good. That IPA was good too, the last weekend. Mm-hmm. So you're on an IPA kick all of a sudden? Maybe. Uh, I mean, I've got five gallons of Belgian pale ale, so <laughs> um, I'm probably, I mean, I'll probably drink, I drink every single one of these again. Hopefully, a speed of life without diacetyl next time. Yeah, but, I'd be interested um, to see a different batch of this without it and see if the cherry is really... Because cherry is really like a dominant note that you normally get. It, it comes just, off, yeah. It is gone yeah. in this. I will say the only beer out of this that I know is not to style is the Heffa. Because yeah. it is way too much bubble gum. It is just like something weird on it. It does not fit really well in style. So if you like traditional Heffas, you may not like that. But everything is good. I didn't dislike it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a huge Heffa fan, though. Uh, well, you know, for me, I think honestly, my favorite is either the Lost Weekend mm-hmm. or the They Both Melt. I just kind of oh, in I a forgot space about that one. Where, that one's so good. Yes. Yeah, I'm I'm in a space where I kind of like those loggers, mm-hmm. and I'm really enjoying lighter beers lately. I, I know that's kind of like on trend with the craft beer industry. It's like I moved to pilsners and lighter loggers, but I'm. You know, the they both melt is like a nice interlope of where we are in seasonally too, where it's a slightly darker beer. So it's time to, you know, as the weather starts to turn, we can go to a darker beer, but it's still a lighter lager at 5.6% ABV. It's not a heavy stout. Yeah. Uh, last weekend, then I, you know, honestly, that speed of life really just disappointed me. I would like to see it without the diacetyl in it. And the pattern skies was good. But like you said, it's a little off, a little off style. The Goldfinch was good. It's not my favorite because i think the lemon kind of dominated it a little too much yeah um it was a little bitter but i mean overall blue jackets got good beer i mean and we're sitting here and we're picking it apart because that's what we're doing here so we're being paid to do by no one (laughs) yeah what we're what we are making ourselves do is pick it apart but like any of these is easily like a drinker but like i will say like that they both melt or the lost weekend i could crush a four pack of those no problem yeah. in the course of a day. So I could do the same with the Belgian with the Goldfinch, uh, but the, yeah, I forgot that they both melt. That is that was that's probably my favorite beer tonight. Well, Trav, we just finished episode ninety nine, so you know what next week? Uh, not next week, but next episode is going to be episode one hundred. Episode one hundred. You know what we do when we want to turn it up to one hundred? We keep it one hundred. We keep it one hundred by throwing back to one of the old school beer countries. 
That's right. Belgium. That's right. Our 100th episode will be a Belgian beer special celebrating... All things Belgian. We'll, and like a beer style and country that Andrew and I probably like more than most people. <laughs> oh, we've got uh, we've already got a couple of beers from hard to find breweries in Belgium. We've got one. We've got a Flanders Red from uh, like th- when you're getting like hard to find their beer or like physically hard to find location wise. Hard, yes, actually, yeah, <laughs> yes. actually, yeah. It's sort of a pain to get to in the middle of nowhere, Belgium. I mean, it's in Bruges. It's not like middle of nowhere. Oh, yeah, yeah, Ooh, yes, yes. And I'll talk to you about De Hoffman when we get there. <laughs> but, That's right. Uh, but no, we're going to, uh, yeah, our next episode, I'm not sure when it's dropping. It will be number 100, and it will be our Belgian ale episode. We're going to do, it's probably going to require us to do it during the day because we are probably going to drink a lot of quads. Ooh. Chili cook-off day again? Chili cook-off day again. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. All right, well, until that episode drops, we thank you guys, as always, for listening and tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed it and learned a little something about Blue Jacket. And as always, we thank you for your continued support. We will see you next time. Hey, you know where you can follow us? Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. Whoops. thought I was signing uh, off there. Nope. You can follow us on Twitter at Brew underscore News or on Instagram at Brew News Pod. You can follow Andrew on Untapped at Tuba Steve or me, Travis, on Untapped at Mathernuts. Or you can always shoot us emails, suggestions, feedback, or your thoughts on the show, any suggestions for future breweries or topics you'd like covered to our email at brewnewspod at gmail.com. And you can check out our website, which is not maintained by Andrew, at brewnewspod.com. Yeah, if you follow that, it'll, you'll eventually get there. Yeah. But, all right. Well, Trav, um, good beer. Awesome. Uh, wherever your local is, make sure you drink it, uh, especially during the pandemic. Yep. And, and as always, thank you for tuning in. Cheers. Cheers.